Hello everybody and welcome to our 13th episode. I have a quick question. Why do we need to work backwards in our life history in order to move forward in our life? Take a few minutes to think about that one. And before I go on, I want to read you a quote from Charles Dickens and it goes, Electric communication will never be a substitute for the face of someone who with their soul encourages another person to be brave and true. Most of the time we live in the future. We usually have something to worry about for tomorrow or something to worry about next week or even something next month. We also live from one drama to the next. In order to live in the present moment and to move forward, we have to look at our past and try to see the patterns in how we have behaved, how we have been thinking and how we felt. And we do this in order to change how we think, how we feel and how we act in the present. Now, how do we communicate all this past in the present? And this is what this week's subject is all about communication with ourselves and with others in this present moment of our life. Being able to communicate properly and precisely will say volumes about ourselves. It will also help us to be able to put words and communication on whatever we like on what we feel internally. So for starters, you've all heard the word interpersonal relationship or interpersonal communication, which is how we communicate with external people. Well, today I'm going to give you a little basic understanding about intrapersonal communication or intrapersonal relationship. And this is when we communicate with ourselves. So let me give you the basics of communication. Now, actually, communication itself is very basic and fundamental. It's a process for everyone and for all human beings. However, when we're trying to communicate with other people, communication takes another form. Now, there are various types of communication between people, and we notice these especially in business. But business is not our business today. Okay, so let's look at what communication actually is. Communication is a basic form of sending information, suggestions, ideas by speech or in writing or even visual. Now, communication is one person sending a message or information to another human being who basically receives the message. Now, if you're in business and ideas are not presented properly, then decoding won't happen and the receiver will not understand. So the speech or ideas need to be simple so that they can be decoded by the receiver. I personally only know of five types of communication, but I'm open to correction on that. Now, the five that I know about are verbal communication, obviously. Then there's the nonverbal communication. There is interpersonal communication and there's written communication. There's formal and informal communication. And of course, the obvious one, other than the verbal, is the visual. 
So, okay, let me break these down a little bit. Let's start with the verbal communication. This is also known as oral communication. Basically, it's the same thing. So, in the very simplest of terms, the understanding around this type of communication is that it happens with words being spoken between people. And sometimes, if we're really annoyed, we can call it oral bull or oral diarrhea. So, what is the object of oral communication? It's basically to ensure that other people understand whatever we want to convey whenever we want them to know. And the reason we use verbal communication is because it's quick by nature, it's precise by nature, but more importantly, it's better than an email or carrier pigeon. Even though we're in an age of the likes of WhatsApp or email or text messages, even the likes of Skype or FaceTime or even Zoom, we still prefer personal meetings or face-to-face -face connections. It's funny, but nowadays I feel that verbal communication is quite overlooked, but I believe that it's a very personal and important aspect to each person. I also believe that it is overlooked as a strength in individuals. Think about it. Think about your workplace. Doesn't a manager need good verbal communication skills? Doesn't the manager need to be able to look after their team of people by verbally telling them or informing them of different ideas or suggestions or orders or duties? Think about it. It's not just about how we say something, however, but it's also the tone of our voice which will communicate what we need. And that makes a big difference. Isn't that why in a lot of cases that bosses or managers are disliked because they're only partially understood. Sometimes they may have the words but not the tone or they have the tone but not the words. Number two, nonverbal interpersonal communication. How do we make people feel when they enter a room? Is my body language strong? Am I standing straight and erect? Or am I slouched and tired? If you're a man, am I clean-shaven? Or is my beard nice and neat? Or it, does it look dishevelled? Do I look like a homeless man? Women, are you wearing the clothes that suit you? Are you using massively big jumpers and jeans because you don't like your body image? Are your shirts ironed? If you say hello to somebody, do you do so strongly? with a handshake or a hug? Or do you just brush your hand against the others? These are just a few non-verbal communications. And if you're at home, if you take somebody who comes into your home, how do you greet them? With a grunt? Or do you ask them, how's it going? How are they? Do you give them a hug? Do you even just give them a thought? How do you greet each other on a daily basis? How does the other person, the receiver, understand your gesture? Or is it misunderstood? We know that people with good personalities and good outwardness go a long way in motivating themselves into how they behave towards others. What about those who are having a bad day? How do they communicate non-verbally? Here are some more non-verbal type communications. Let me give you a scenario. Think about customer services. 
Now imagine you're unhappy with a product that you've just bought and you decide that, oh, well, I'm in town, I'll, I'll go and have a check out and talk to them. But when you get to the shop, instead of understanding your problem, the customer service gives you a rude reply. What do you do? You, do you repeatedly visit them? Even though the problem is not resolved, you still don't get a satisfactory answer. Now compare that with a customer service department that smiles at you when you come in. They reassure you that they are on top of the problem. They are even proactive and update you themselves on when to expect the problem will be resolved. And even going further, they follow up with you whether you're satisfied with the response and if there is anything else that they could do better. Which is the better communication? All of this is nonverbal communication. But which one would you prefer? And if you work in a company, which one do you want to be? And again, if you work in customer service, how would you like people to see you? Let's go on to number three, written communication. And here there are many, many ways that this can be used. In fact, the ways in which this is increasing because now we have smartphones, we have iPhones, we have iPads, we have all sorts of i-somethings or others. Not just the old-fashioned way of writing a letter on a pen and paper. However, one of the most, I suppose, the highest percentage of people using written communication is by email. It's still number one other than letter writing. But it's becoming more informal and less understandable because of the introduction of the likes of WhatsApp and other online messaging apps. Now, we know that any form of written communication can be either formal or informal. Even in law, if you have to go to court, you'll find that your WhatsApp messages or your text messages are considered to be a legal transmission in nature. And in fact, if you listen to the court TV, a lot of the celebrities who have been brought to court have had their text messages brought to bear because maybe they've wrongly typed something on their social media accounts. One of the advantages of the written communication is that it can act as a final word once a decision has been made. For example, like when you get a quote from somebody going to work, you know, on something in your house. Of course, you do have the controversial written word. Newspapers would be notorious for this. There was actually a quote I heard recently, and I've heard it several times, and it said, words can be mightier than the sword. Now, I know it's an old saying, and I can't remember who actually said it originally, but it makes perfect sense. For example, if you have ever sent a text message to the wrong person, or an email to the wrong person, an email or a text message that that person shouldn't have got, or even seen, because it might be about them. I've often received a text message that was meant for somebody else, and it has been about me. And there are times when it can be very hurtful, depending on what's written. Number four, formal and informal. Now, I'm not going to go into these in great detail, but just to say that the advantages for formal communications are when you want to finalise or finish a policy and you want to know a course to adopt, Formal communication is very effective. It can also help in establishing procedures and ensuring that steps are followed. Any official plans or promises made need to be formally documented 
so that they can be referred to later on. Now the advantages of informal communication are it helps the open door policy and makes other people feel more confident and forthcoming with ideas, with suggestions and maybe with even a bit of creativity. It does not incite fear or terror into people's minds. Informal talks encourage people rather than dismisses them. Number five, visual communications. Now this is a kind of obvious one and we know it from businesses because they use visual communication. Everything has to be shown to us in pictures and in ads. For example, new medicines that might come on the market have to be shown to doctors and they have to be shown the advantages. So they use pamphlets and leaflets to tell them about the product. It gives all the information about the medicine so that the doctor can feel confident in using the medicine that they're offering to their patients. We know that many different businesses are visual communication orientated to get us to buy what they're selling. And there are many different elements that I use in visual communication, for example, colours, designs, animations, illustrations, presentations. So it's not just businesses that use visual communication. It is also everyday life. And today I'm going to talk about another form of communication. And it's called intrapersonal communication. Confused? So what am I talking about? What's the difference between intrapersonal communication and interpersonal communication? Well, for starters, they're both communication forms. Okay? And talking to oneself is intrapersonal. And when talking to others, it's interpersonal. Intrapersonal communication is actually not all that rare because it's letting you be more aware of your own personal self while the other, the interpersonal communication, lets you connect with external people. So let's have a look at the different types of intrapersonal communication. So whether we say something or not, we automatically will convey a message to the external people around us. Okay? So there are three parts to intrapersonal communication. One is self-awareness, and that's very important in how we see ourselves, when, especially when we're around others. It will determine our ideas and our values and our attitudes, and of course, our beliefs. Now, the attitude I'm talking about here is connected to the values that you own and the values that you are basing your reality core belief system. Two, perceptions. Now, our perception is the aspect that makes us stand out from others. It's how we see others and how we perceive others. And this is filtered by our concept or our self-image. We know that we can judge ourselves and other people so very easily. And we do this by intrapersonal communication. And you know that we're supposed to make our own rules and accept ourselves. But we don't need to be biased when it comes to our own identity. Three, our expectations. Now, having said the other two, and although this is the third one, it is the most important and the most necessary for our intrapersonal communications. Because some people expect something absolutely massive in their life. And they will keep working in order to ensure 
that that expectation or that dream becomes a reality for them. However, sometimes, and we know this to be true, we can expect too much of ourselves and that will lead to disappointment, especially when we don't get what we've been working hard for. And the longer we have an expectation, it'll be the reflection of what we've learned in our life lessons in our environment. Now, something to note here. These three ideas will form, I suppose, a framework, for want of a better word, so that our thinking ability becomes deep, where we dive into our inner self and where we will grow and how we process things and events and people and behaviour. So what is the advantage of intrapersonal communication? Well, there's a huge amount of benefits, and one of them is people will understand themselves and their emotions an awful lot better when they talk to themselves. We will understand ourselves better, and that is very important to our emotional state. The other advantage is that it can help us to grasp and understand other people's situations. And another advantage is that it can help us to tackle many situations of the mind where analysing becomes easy to solve problems, especially those that may arise in our life. And we know that the process of our decision making will help influence our problem solving, which can be enhanced by intrapersonal communication. Now, there are three major parts to intrapersonal communication. One of them is thinking, and this is a process that includes daydreaming, or obviously thinking. For example, the time when you think about something like how to behave with your wife, or how to behave with your partner, or how you will ensure competitive advantage for your business. In other words, you are involving yourself with your inner core via intrapersonal communications. Number two. The process would also include talking to oneself out loud. And I like this because I do it a lot of the time. And people think that I'm just nuts. But it comes into play for replaying or rehearsing a message. We can also do this to hear our own emotions or to help us with instructions. It's also known as self-talk. Number three, the written now, this process will include all kinds of writings, whether it's a journal, a diary, a shopping list, or just general notes. I suppose what I'm trying to say in all of this is that those who are able to utilise the skills of visualisation, compassion, negativity recognition, conflict management, decision making, listening, listening to self-interaction and feedback, However, the most important aspect of intrapersonal communication is awareness of your own thought process, your own mind and your own self in different situations. And we do need all of it. And what I really want to say is that, remember one thing, having good communication skills is extremely important nowadays because it helps us to share our ideas, it helps us to share our thoughts, but more especially, it helps us to share our emotions with each other. Stay well, stay safe, namaste.